0: Today on The Topping Show, Enhancer Bush hands post omit Bud Light, but it's still roasted. Vivek roasts Kamala when saying she's in charge, she can barely spell AI, gets one million views in two hours on X twitter Walgreens to for- close their fourth location in the neighborhood and is claimed to be racist. Toyota chairman Akio Toyota wants to keep the engines alive. Their sold a record number of vehicles in 2023. And sold a stove while their CEO is actually stepping down after their botched promotion with Snoop Dogg. All of that and much more on The Topping Show. Thank you everyone for taking the time to tune in today. Today's episode of Topic Show is sponsored by Topping Technologies. Topping Technologies is an IT value-added reseller and services company with a special proficiency in IT security. Heck, I see their founder at least twice today. Gotta say he's quite handsome and brilliant. He's me, you see, that's a joke. If you're an IT leader or a business owner, you can reach the team at sales at toppingtechnologies.com. Also, try to get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of January. So if you click that button, I greatly appreciate it. Now going over to the business part of the podcast, you have the Toyota chairman, Akio Toyota, wanting to keep the internal combustion engine alive. Now this as seemingly every company is acquiescing to hybrid and electric technologies, though interestingly enough, we see the electric adoption rate is falling pretty darn quick. So there's a lot of early adopters, people who are perhaps inebriated by drinking Bud Light, spending over $100,000 over MSRP for an electric pickup truck, which someone allegedly did for the Ford F-150 Lightning and there's a lot of people buying these electric vehicles. Tesla's still the most successful electric automobile company in history, and all the companies, they thought it'd be a good idea to go all in. Well, a lot of the early adopters are no longer gone. They already got their vehicles. Granted, they are basically disposable smartphones, so they'll have to buy new ones in this future, but more and more people, they're starting to put on the brakes when it comes to EV technologies. So the biggest growing category in technology and adoption rates for, you know, good old automotive community is hybrid technologies, which Toyota did read the room correctly, and <laughs> excuse me, they invested a lot of money and resources, about eight billion dollars into hybrid technologies, a research and development. Now, in terms of the chairman, it's actually the former actually the grandson of the founder of Toyota, Mr. Toyoda himself. Now, fun little fact in history and business fact, the family's name is Toyoda, and they so with a D at the end, and they renamed the company because there's a lot of rumors I need to actually reread the book on Toyota. But they named the company historically, so now, as we all know, it's Toyota is the company name. And he was the CEO for many years, and he's a self-proclaimed petrol head. He loves automotive racing. He's a true gearhead. And a couple of fiscal quarters ago, he was kind of pushed out because the shareholders wanted to push electric vehicles, which is, again, they made, read the room wrong. So he stepped down from CEO to be the new head of the board of directors with the up-and-coming CEO coming from the Lexus division, which Lexus is a Toyota brand that they own. That brand had a lot more electricity, electric vehicle, <coughs> me, vehicles, rather than the internal combustion engine Toyota, which more Toyota engines are gasoline powered. And the shareholders were saying, well, you guys aren't going fast enough, so we're going to push this guy out. We want uh, we want some other leadership that's going to push EVs. Now he's been somewhat vindicated because of a- aforementioned adoption rates decreasing, and Again, in terms of my three cents, when it comes to actually Toyota technology, and when it comes to Toyota reliability, electric, this is garbage. Because again, with the technology we have right now, we always have to have an asterisk because, again, technology moves really rapidly. There may very well be a new technology tomorrow that solves all the issues with electric vehicles. There are some fantastic proof of concept vehicles with electric batteries that are based on sodium technologies and other raw materials being utilized. But, with what we have right here right now, they're glorified disposable vehicles that will barely last 100,000 miles, let alone get more than five to seven years out of them. Now, personally I like to go look for a good ROI, which is why my family loves Japanese engineering. That's why I have a, a little Honda Civic Si with a stick shift. Every vehicle by default should have a stick shift, obviously, because this manual transmission is so much more fun. But my parents still drive a 2001 Honda Accord with an internal combustion engine, little four cylinders just keeps fighting that's unparalleled reliability and every time you see an article about the vehicles that get over a million miles consistently like it's almost easy money bet your friends an overwhelming majority of the time it's gonna be a toyota or a honda i mean their engineering is phenomenal and reliability is darn near unbeatable and you get that because traditionally when you look at toyota history especially they'll take years to make the perfect internal combustion engine and then Subsequently they'll keep that same with Honda, they'll keep that same engine, and then they'll slowly make tweaks so it's more and more reliable, but the base design doesn't change too much. And then they cross over this into multiple vehicles. You see this with many Honda vehicles having the same inline four engine, aka internal combustion engine with four cylinders and using gasoline and having much more fun. And I hope Toyota started to move the pendulum back to ice engines and more focus on that. Now specifically getting to the quotes from the chairman mr toyota himself he literally said quote let's continue to make engines unquote because again he knows that's where the reliability is i believe and that's where a lot of automotive enthusiasts also appreciate the technology as well he also continued to say quote to all those who have made engines up until now let's continue to make engines unquote that was when he was at the toyota auto or sorry the tokyo audio auto salon 2004 in tokyo japan quote everyone well, oh, geez Louise, pop-ups are never enough. Nevertheless, quote, everyone's help will continue to be needed. I will never let all, I will never let all the work you've done so far go to waste, unquote. He continues to say, quote, the Toy- Tokyo Auto Salon is a festival at which car lovers can surround themselves with cars and smiles. The smiles born here will be leading to energizing Japan's automotive industry, unquote. Because we're car lovers, we can build a future. My desire to enjoy cars makes me want to try various technologies. This is something that I'm serious about, unquote. And let's see here. He says, quote, many of our 5.5 million colleagues make engine parts. These people support Japan and have skills to make the Japan of tomorrow strong. We must never lose these people, unquote. You continue to say quote however there seem to have been some cases in which engine related people cannot borrow money from a bank these days that should not happen and i want to do something about that unquote that's another issue when it comes to certain technologies and you know a wise man once said you might you might not care about politics but politics very much cares about you and this is one of those issues where many industries are under many people would say under attack where you see this in the oil industry especially where some banks actually won't give them any additional funds, they won't actually give them a loan and fund ADHD tangent with, when it comes to oil exploration industry, many of them will do a survey and they'll take out a loan because again, to set up a new, well, it's a huge upfront investment. So they'll take a loan out for it. Some of those financial institutions are no longer doing doing that because of political reasons. Now, Toyota continued to elaborate. He says, quote, how to climb the carbon neutral mountain depends on the country region. However, it's not a desire or isn't a desire for cars, what we all need quote i found our overseas that we may ecology colleagues who have much a passionate desire unquote he continued to say quote believing that battery electric vehicles do not represent the only way to achieve carbon neutrality we have been working on hydrogen engine initiatives since three years, years ago unquote so it will be interested see that is something that we have been trying for decades in fact one of my favorite automotive history books is driven, which is about the inception and the growth of BMW. And I believe that book came out in 2001. And that book talks about how BMW had prototypes even back then for hydrogen technology. Now, the multi-billion dollar question is, how do you profitably generate and transport and handle the hydrogen fuel cells? That's what made Nikola, the publicly traded company, and overnight vaporware aka didn't really exist but an overnight success because they claim to have a new develop come out with a new methodology to achieve that and again when it comes to the total global carbon footprint and actually impact everyone's lives i do i don't think consumer vehicles are a main point of contention especially when you look at the global footprint of what countries and what actions are leading to that i think more realistically we'll come up with technology to combat that to actually adapt it it won't be by butchering vehicles and decimating jobs. But it's one of those interesting things where, again, if they could actually get the technology, again, to profitably, more economically process, manufacture, and transport hydrogen fuel, that will really be revolutionary. And you do have companies like ExxonMobil, and they're working on more synthetic fuels for internal combustion engines. So there's a lot of gears moving, probably moderately intended, and it'll be interesting to see, I mean, I would love for him, Mr. Toyota, to go back to the CEO position, which that's much more involved in the day to day interactions of the company. The chairman, obviously the board directors, they kind of help shape the vision of the company and guide the CEO. I, I don't know, perhaps it's nostalgic because again, the family built the company from nothing It's a lot of over rich history. I, I don't know, this guy, this gentleman has been vindicated multiple times. And again, I think the future, the ICE engines are going to be around for quite some time, if we're allowed to have it. Other interesting business news and, incidentally, automotive news, Lamborghini sold a record number of vehicles in 2023. Though, granted, I would never want one since they're all automatic transmissions. Nevertheless, this comes from Mike Duff over at Car and Driver, and they noted that they actually broke the 10,000 vehicle barrier. Now, it looks like they sold... 10,112 gar- cars globally in 2023 with 3,000 units sold in the U.S. and the Euros SUV making up the majority of the deliveries. Which, yeah, I don't know how disappointing that is. It's, perhaps I'm just a little purist when it comes to certain automobile brands and history and heritage, but I understand the one of the biggest growing categories in the automotive community for well over a decade is the SUV in the crossover category, which is why pretty much every legacy premium luxury and performance automotive company, now has some type of option. Now granted, if I had all the money in the world and I was forced to get an SUV, truth be told, I would love to have a Lamborghini, what is it, Cayenne with a stick shift, which they only made for a couple of years, I think it was a 2007, 2008, they had a couple of years where you could get a V8 stick shift SUV by Porsche, which that would be pretty cool. Now unfortunately, because of supply and demand, the only ones that are usually around for sale, and granted they usually don't come up for sale, they over, well, over 100,000 miles, they're asking what to me would be a lot of money. So are I mean, 30, 40, 50 grand for an SUV from about 20 years ago, but nevertheless, it looks like Lamborghini is doing pretty well, and the Urus is their big, fancy SUV. Now, Granted, I think it only has a V8, which is kind of pathetic. Again, yeah, Lamborghini's known for having V12s and some V10s. Now... Looks like they know that the Earth's made up more than 6,000 of the deliveries. Jeez Louise. So of the 10,112 vehicles sold by Lamborghini, over 6,000 were the SUVs. Which is insane. And this is the first time they've broken that type of number of units being sold in over 60 years that they've been in business. Now, they've also been owned by a myriad of people since Mr. Lamborghini actually founded the company way back in the day. And let's see here. In terms of the breakdown of where those SUVs are going, it looks like 3,000 went to the United States in terms of the euros. 357 went to Canada. It looks like Germany was the second biggest market. It was 961 of the SUVs. China got 845 and the UK got 801. They also know that despite being Lamborghini's home market, Italy just languished down in the 8th place behind South Korea with just 409 vehicles being delivered. Now they also noted, that, well that's because the government doesn't like you there, it's due to the high ownership taxes, leveled on expensive high performance cars vehicles. Which are kind of sad and ironic. They make some of the most amazing amount of feats on the planet, and yet those trees don't want their own people to have it. Yet, the government profits from it because they manufacture it, they tax the hell out of it, but nevertheless. Now, they also note that the new record is made even more impressive by the fact that it came in time when Lamborghini only had two models of full production. The Urus SUV made it, up a majority of the sales with, so it looks like specifically, it was 6,087 vehicles sold were the Urus. And the other, other model is only the Huracan, which is the fun you know car. Although, you can debate how much fun it really is because it only has two pedals. It's automatic. And that came in at 3,962 vehicles. They also know that the other 63 deliveries may be made up by the last Aventadors, as the venerable was, supercar was briefly put back into production after several years were lost. Oh yeah, because they're lost in transportation fire, ship fire. The total also includes some limited-run V12-powered specials, including probably the 112 Countach LP800-4 models, which, again, every Lamborghini by default, in my opinion, should have a V12. I mean, it just just should. And obviously it sticks you. But granted, I'm not in charge of Volkswagen, which is the parent company that owns Lamborghini at this current time. I say that at the current time because they've been bought and sold many times, including when Chrysler actually owned them back when Chrysler was a big successful company. But it'll be interesting to see as Lamborghini continues to increase their global sales. Looks like they're going to have more plug-in hybrids coming up in the future. Which, it looks like some of them will have the V12, but with a hybrid, uh, I hope they have some type of simple fuse where similar to some vehicles where they have that BS cylinder deactivation, which is good for the fuel economy, bad for the liability and longevity of your vehicle. So it's really just to make the government happy and the EPA happy. In some vehicles, you can just simply take out a fuse, apparently, allegedly, and that way you don't have to deal with that and press that button every time you hit it in the vehicle. Yeah, I was gonna say, I may or may not have done that when I had a corporate car back in the day. And I had to use one of those things every time. So, again, it'll be interesting. It is this fascinating to see Lamborghini pass that big historic mark in terms of units sold? And you now, to the purist, me, it is a little sad that, again, it is an SUV and not the iconic Lamborghini you know, sports car. But I also know it's a huge part of the market. They're not alone in this in terms of, I know Porsche, one of the biggest sellers, is the Cayenne SUV. And you see this with multiple other vehicles. So, not too surprised. It'll be interested to see how much they can grow that specific brand in the Volkswagen portfolio. And, I don't know, to me if I wanted to get the, let's see, if I had to get a Lamborghini SUV, I'd probably get the vintage. Well, I say vintage, I think it came out when I was a kid, the LM002, which actually is ridiculously huge. It has a V12, I believe it still has a stick shift as well. And Doug Muir has a great video where he breaks down that SUV, but if I had to get a Lamborghini SUV, that, that would probably be the vintage one. Now going over to the culture part of the podcast, you have Anheuser Busch. Our hands post omit Bud Light, yet they were still completely roasted. Which, incidentally, they've been roasted so much. Why not have Anheuser Busch coffee? I mean, they know how to get roasted. Pun obviously intended. Now they have a little picture come out, and they have a little text. And again, this is from the Anheuser Busch X Twitter profile specifically. So it's not from one of the individual brands, because all the brands have their own Twitter profiles as well. Now, they say, quote, Working across America to hand you the beers you love. That's who we are. Unquote. Though, I mean, in terms of grammatical accuracy, I would have noted that it should have been working across America to hand you the beers you used to love. That's who we were. But nevertheless, grammar errors aside, it looks like they have a picture of three hands at the factory ones holding some oats or barley or whatever. The hops, I suppose, is what they use in the beer-making process. Someone's pouring hops into a container, and then someone has a glove on. They're looking at some type of tool, presumably measuring some type of content in the big vat. And it says, our hands look like this, which again, it's not original. It's kind of pathetic. And it says, so your hands can look like this. And it's they're just hands holding a Bush Light, a Michelob Ultra, and a Budweiser. And of course, the hands are, in order to In a futile attempt to capture more of a market share, the hands are all different colors, which makes sense. You can cut down on marketing dollars if you have one ad that appeals to everyone, which sometimes works, sometimes alienates folks. But again, this is a company that has a rudimentary understanding of marketing to say the least. And yeah, it looks like in terms of views, within 24 hours, it got 3,455 views, also known as nothing. Not to brag, but I actually got over 3,000 views one or two times last year on my YouTube. Humble brag. But this is a multi billion dollar company and again that's three thousand four hundred and fifty five views. Only forty nine likes, which is almost unfathomable. That's almost it's just barely more popular than Chris Christie, which that bar is quite, quite low, to say the least. And also good reminder to like this video. Statistically speaking, we probably won't beat this particular post by Andrew Bush. However, a wise pilot once said, never tell me the odds. Now, getting back to the actual ad, it's also, there are certain things where some say that copying is the best form of flattery, something to that effect. And there's a strong emotional rhetoric a couple years ago where he had a coal commercial, actually, where he had a father, and I forget his name, the lobby of the coal uh, facilities, or the headquarters, the offices, but they had a picture where they had a man's hands who were covered by calluses and coal. And it said, you know, our hands look like this. So your hands look like this. And they juxtapose it with, I think it was uh, children or something like that. So it's a high emotional rhetoric saying we work so hard so you can t- make you can have an easy life to that effect. And in that specific case, it worked pretty well. It's pretty compelling because mining is an incredibly difficult position, an incredibly difficult thing to do. And it is true. A lot of the United States gets electricity from coal plants and it fuels our lives. But in this case, no one needs an Anheuser-Busch InBev product. It certainly doesn't make your life easier by providing electricity or doing anything great in your life. Most people would argue it actually probably makes your life a lot worse with having terrible modicum of flavor, allegedly, and I suppose you become inebriated to the point where perhaps you forget some of your problems, though that's definitely not a great recommendation. It's definitely not a solution in any form of shape or form. But Perhaps I'm alone in this, in this assessment. Every, maybe everyone thinks it's a great, phenomenal commercial. Well, I mean, obviously they don't, but let's evaluate this. And again, this got 3,455 views, 49 likes, and only 10 comments. Only 10. And not to brag, but I did get 12 comments a couple weeks ago. Granted, most of them were uh, lambasting and critiquing me, but nevertheless, they did exist. Now let's go back in the comments here. The first one, let's see here. It's Very interesting. John B just says go Bud, but they didn't. They strategically didn't choose Bud Light. So again, the three brands that they chose to highlight in this commercial by having someone's hands holding the can is Bush Light, Nickel Ultra, and Budweiser. Which, when you look at the Bud Light boycott, which is the most successful boycott, I think you could probably arguably say in history, for, especially for conservatives, it's that was, Bud Light was hit the hardest. Their sales were down around thirty percent. Budweiser, their sales are down around 12% week-over-week. Mikkel Voltra around 3 to 4%. Bushlight, maybe about break-even. Not even percent point either way. So they strategically made sure not to use a Bud Light can in this promotion. And it's funny that the first comment is, go Bud. Looking at this gentleman, he has <laughs> excuse me, 171 followers. Painting for a picture profile. Let's see here. He plays, what is, it, kid, what is that game the youth play these days, the Wordle. So he, re- he posted that about that on Twitter a lot. A lot of Wordle. Let's see here. Critiquing Elon. Looks like he posts for Bud Light a lot. A lot more Wordle. It's like, granted i perhaps a rudimentary profile, but it at least appears to be he's not someone who's just going for the freebies. Which, we look at the, some of the very few comments that are positive to Bud Light. Well, they're overwhelming the majority of the time. They're simply people who want free stuff. You look at the profile, they want the free gift. They say that it's a scam where, oh yeah, just repost and you could have a chance to win a gift card or some rudimentary garbage like that. Maybe a free koozie or a cooler. So the first comment, now granted, no one liked John's comment, but he did say something nice about Bud Light, or anheuser Bush in this case. And anheuser Bush actually responded. Though they didn't have a mock of intelligence to the point where they actually liked his post, which again, if someone is, or his comment... Which, again, if you interact with a brand, it takes nine-tenths of a second to like it and interact with them. So, both Anheuser-Busch, their profile simply said, there's nothing better when to respond to them. Now, a very handsome-looking profile by the name of The Topping Show said, Interesting to see what... Let's see here. They censored it? That's not... So, I gave, not to be too bombastic or too long in my assessment, but I wrote around three sentences and they only, it's only showing the first sentence. And if I click on it, it doesn't continue to show the rest of the sentences that I wrote. So, I simply said, interesting to see what brands you're focusing on. And I got three likes on that. Now, what I really wrote was, yes, I did say that was the first sentence of my post or my response. And I said, interesting to see what brands you're focusing on. And I continued to say I would recommend focusing on the brands that are not Bud Light. I was and I have, I specifically said I have not seen Anheuser-Busch. I have not seen your Miklum Ultra product and a lot of the half marathons that I've been running where I have seen them more in the past. So I would say put more sponsorship more dollars than that. So I'm going to actually maybe I'll respond to this. What happened to the rest of my comment? I suggested you put marketing dollars back into sponsoring, sponsoring. if I could spell it would be great. Sponsoring half and full marathons. Marathons with Michelob. That's bizarre. I've never seen that before. And again, I click. It's not like there's that button where you click, a, you click the comment, and you'll see the whole thing. I did that, and weirdly enough, it's just all gone. That's weird. Well, I guess we should be too surprised, given how censorious that Anish Bush inbev is. Now, nevertheless, that did get three likes. Scroll down. Let's see. And Billy says, still won't buy Bud Light, unquote, and they got one like. Anthony Leach said, quote, do these cans have a gender, unquote, they got three likes. Ryan Tree Fitty said, quote, what are the genders of those beers, unquote, they got four likes. Jesus is Lord replied, saying, I'm guessing you learned your lesson last year, unquote, getting two likes. Carissa, or no, Curtis A. says 67, Said, "Quote trans hands." unquote, am two likes. Actually, yeah, I'm curious now. I'm looking at the hands. I'm actually surprised they don't have any. Granted, I'm guessing the core demographic of people who buy Anajer Bush by products are overwhelming male. Um, but I am surprised they only have one hand that has some nail, nail polish or nail paint. Again, because well, a lot of these companies, I don't know how effective. It... I, mean, I would say maybe half of the I'd have to dig more into the data, but I would say many times it's not effective to try to cater to every single demographic in a single advertisement, which, again, that cuts down on cost, but I think it's better to have multiple ads and multiple specific campaigns. Um, but I'm actually surprised they didn't actually paint any of the fingernails in this one. Now, it looks like there's one or two more replies. Tony Bruno simply had a response or a picture with Dilma Mulvaney on the can. And Dil Mulvaney dressed up as Audrey Hepburn with the creepy smile, which is arguably as awkward as Ron DeSantis' smile or perhaps my smile. It's a sad but tough race. And that did get two likes. And again, they gave Dil Mulvaney $185,000 for a video and like two pictures to be a brand ambassador for their product. Which, again, this person's, if you look at demographics of who Dil Mulvaney had on Dil Mulvaney's TikTok, he was like, mostly 15-year-olds. And if you look at the demographics in general on TikTok, TikTok, it is, I almost said TikTok shows my age. That's a candy. But if you look at the demographics of TikTok in general, it is under 21 in terms of the age demographics. And Bud Light thought it'd be a good idea to appeal to try and market towards children. Mentally vacuous to say the least. Now, Ranting Ryan simply had a picture of a Alyssa hyderschild. She is the brainchild behind, she's a marketing director at Angela Bush, who thought it'd be a good idea to hire Dylan Mulvaney, which Again, she also said, famously, she thinks the brand is too fratty. So this is how her child had a video where she said, oh yeah, we think Bud Light's too fratty. We're going to change that. Nah, yeah. Turns out that ended up destroying 30% of their sales, which is pretty much unfathomable in terms of a product having such a drop in sales. And the picture of her, it is a picture of her with a, man, I don't know how much money she spent on her teeth, but her teeth are perfect, I'll admit that. Still could, still could be smile, but she says, "There's rather there's a text behind her and it says, too afraid for me, bro. And she has, I forget, it's not the trans pride flag. It's, I think it's just a trans flag with with the three stripes on her sweater. That has two likes. So again, most of these comments are derisive to say the least. And again, I've I've never seen an instance where they only censored part of the response so that's really bizarre so my post or my response is still there but it's only the first sentence which perhaps they deleted it because they want to pretend like it's there I, perhaps they're actually going to take my advice and then pretend like it's not my idea granted it's not that much of an original idea to focus your marketing efforts on something historically in the past had been effective but yeah it's really bizarre so my post is still there for now and it's just been chopped down so that you can only see me saying interesting to see what brands you're focusing on. So that is really bizarre. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, again, it's a new year. Perhaps hopefully they hire some new people in marketing, but how do they do in 2024 for anheuser Bush, and Bev? Are they gonna just completely abandon marketing ideas for Bud Light? Because again, those they're spending a lot of money on marketing Bud Light trying to resurrect that brand and Real, again, they still have 70% of their sales. They only lost 30%, which again, that's a huge multi-million dollar loss in sales, literally multi-million dollars, like over like one is a $400 million in sales just evaporated. But again, it'll be interesting to see, do they start to focus more on brand, on the other brands that they own? Because again, Anheuser-Busch owns over 40 beer brands. Let me know in the comments if you think it'd be more effective to try to turn things around for Bud Light to get that 30% of sales back, or should they try to build up one of the other brands that they own? That isn't yet affected, or people don't realize that Andrew Bush and Bev owns them, so they're less likely to be boycotted. I'll be fascinated here, what you have to say. Other interesting cultural news, you have Walgreens to close their fourth location in Boston, and some are accusing them of racism. Now, this comes from a profile by the name of Endwokeness on X Twitter. And as youth might say, it went viral, to say the least, getting over 3.4 million views in the first 24 hours of posting and 21,000 likes, which is quite a few likes. Now, it looks like they have a quick video from actually the former head of the NAACP, and the text before the video says, quote, Walgreens is closing its fourth location in Boston in the black area of Roxbury, a neighborhood plagued by theft. Residents are outraged and shocked. Former NAACP president, to stores, quote, do what's right for these communities and beyond your just your bottom line, unquote. And without further ado, it's only about a minute and a second long. Oh, unless the Twitter or x button is on. Let me change the computer real quick. Apologies. What do you think they target black and brown communities? I think because they get no pushback. But they're now getting pushback. Protesting alongside dozens of other frustrated customers fighting to keep this Walgreens open. Don't we need to have something in the community to help the black, the elderly, the sick? You know what I'm saying? They can't go far. The problem boils down to accessibility, says former Boston NAACP president turned healthcare advocate Michael Curry. The communities where they're closing these pharmacies are communities where people are uh, disparately impacted by disease, you know, two or three times higher rates in cancer, diabetes, heart disease, where life expectancy can be 15, 20 years less. While this isn't the only Walgreens or pharmacy chain set to close location in the coming weeks, Curry says it begs this question. What is your obligation? What is your expectation as a corporate citizen to do us right for those communities beyond what's right just for your bottom line? Wow, my eye, it hurt. I, I rolled my eyes so much, you know, I almost rolled back completely. And I say that because, again, a lot of people are trying to correlate to race. or It has nothing, in my opinion, it has nothing to do with that because an overwhelming majority of businesses know the best way to reach a optimal, the best profit is to appeal to the largest demographic. That's everyone. That's so why if you look at historically the most successful businesses in history, they treated all their customers equally. I mean, think about all these companies where if you want, there's only... There are a couple of companies where they have niche products, where they'll have a product that that is narrow in demand, and they'll create a niche for themselves, and they will make a profit. But they'll never be the largest companies on the planet. They'll never be like someone like Apple or Exxon, where they'll sell to anyone. And those are some of the most successful companies in history. Now, in this case, we've also seen this with Walmart. They get critiqued when they're closing down, I think like it their fourth or fifth location in Chicago, where they're closing it down. Some people are saying it was race. If you look at the financial results and you talk to Walmart representatives, they let it slip. They never made a profit in 17 years of operation at that Walmart store. In 17 years, they lost money every single year. And the number one reason was theft. And not only that, the employees are being harassed and attacked. Which, again, is not a safe area. And again, that's just asking for, and again, we live in a very ridiculously litigious society (laughs) <laughs> Excuse me. That just see some more lawsuits, and it's kind of like San Francisco. It's a vicious cycle where the district attorneys they don't prosecute these thieves. I mean, how many videos have we seen of people just tearing and people of all races just completely looting a store? Hilariously and ironically, and maybe dark humor. There's an instance where CNN was interviewing one of the someone at Walmart in San Francisco, and during the interview, they had two people just walking the store with garbage bags. Take a bunch of makeup and just and other um, unnecessary products put it in the bag and just walk out. No one stopped them and they literally asked the manager like hey, is that someone stealing money? yeah and in that case you partially get what you vote for because they voted to make it not a felony to steal up to $950. So to clarify it used to be a felony and the way the police system works with the government in terms of an overwhelming majority of time when it comes to prosecutions is they don't want to go to trial they want a quick settlement they want it out they just want to get Get it done with. So instead of going to court and fighting it out, taking time and resources, they just want you to take a plea deal. Now, traditionally, in order to incentivize that, they would have you plead down for something. So it was a felony in California in San Francisco. If you stole up to nine fifty dollars they decided to turn that into a misdemeanor. So instead of having a felony and pleading down a misdemeanor, now it's a misdemeanor. And they're pleading down to even something lesser, or in some cases, nothing, as a district attorney. Just let them go wild, and they go back to the streets. Again, those businesses are bleeding money. They just can't afford it. Target alone, and they were estimated to lost $400 million in 2023 because of retail theft. That is a combination of not just traditional employee, it's called shrink, or shrink. um, There's a couple, excuse me, industry terms for that, shrinkage. But it's an industry thing where you have employees stealing, you have customers stealing, you also have organized theft. And these, I don't think I'm alone in my assessment here when... Again, I don't think it has anything to do with race. It has everything to do with the financial viabilities of the companies as well as the safety and security of their employees. It's all about culture. And there are a myriad of reasons why you're there are problems. I would also point out that is fascinating to see. There's a excuse me, a video trending on X Twitter where they showed Harlem in the nineteen thirties before many people say it's a coincidence, is before you had semi-government programs, governments handouts and incentives not to work or stay married and truth be told it was beautiful everyone as as you all know men always look best when they suit up and the streets were clean i mean there's very little crime i mean it's been a huge shift culturally speaking in many communities and again perhaps i'm alone in this assessment maybe they think walgreens should just lose money perpetually by having Locations that are losing money in dangerous areas, but let's go to the comments and find out And again within 24 hours that got 3.8 million views and 21,000 likes earlier this week So as I scroll down See here Gift from the gab says quote here's a positive role model and is a picture of dr. Ben Carson and he says quote as a surgeon I hand operated on infants pre-birth I can assure you they are very much alive, unquote. That got 2.6 thousand likes. And granted, it's not very much relevant to the issue of Walgreens losing money or theft. It's so great role model that the impressive doctor I know a lot of people appreciate. There's a lot of rumors that he might get in a, back into politics. and may, There's a lot of rumors, maybe Trump VP. That there's a lot of speculation in that regard. So I think that's another reason we're seeing his... Pr- his likeness and him being mentioned more on social media Let's see here One of the first comments that's not <laughs> excuse me apologies that's not about Ben Carson calls from Paul a Zeus and again I need to just message this guy because he is consistent uh, we see him as one of the most light responses on many of these um, X Twitter posts especially when it comes to political as well which we'll get that in New York minute and Paul Zeussbila says, quote, NAACP wants stores to just give products away and go out of business. This is Marxism and the redistribution of wealth. It's what lazy people think is right. These adults are a result of growing up without a competent father at home. Unquote. They got four point nine thousand likes. Interestingly enough, someone by the name of Hardboiled Egg, with profile picture is A plus or marketing, is in fact a picture of a hard boiled egg. With an American flag on it. However, I don't think eggs can type yet. Says alleged hard-boiled egg. Says, quote, when the when this is what Walgreens has to deal with, I'm not surprised. Unquote. And is a video of many people. Looks like, yeah, uh, many people. uh, Grant, of course, none of them are wearing suits, but they're all wearing hood, black hoodies, black pants, um, pandemic mask. And they're just walking in, like I said earlier, with garbage bags and stealing copious amounts of makeup from the Walgreens. And just walking out, not paying for it. That got 1.8 thousand likes. Now, interesting enough, in this specific, specific instance, they did not get violent. But again, that's also one of the bigger risks. We've seen a lot of the videos where looters are going to target. They're smashing machines. They're breaking windows. It's, again, it's a big, it's quite a big risk especially when you have such inept companies that don't prosecute theft, which thereby incentivizes it. And, you know, some companies that are some morally vacuous, they only allow employees to defend themselves. And some are more morally vacuous, but they only allow you to defend yourself, which is why I was just patroning there. Now, someone by the name of Branos says, quote, good job, libs, hand salute emoji. And it's a picture of Jim from The Office with the juxtaposition of the two clipboards where one he's pointing at it and the other one he's smiling. The first picture is, quote, you elected people who embolden criminals, inflate the currency, and cause layoffs. The just position says, "Quote: Now your favorite store chain is closing locations, locking their goods behind glass, and you can't find help at the store." Unquote. I got 2.6 thousand likes, and is a good reference to yes, many of these stores are literally putting toothpaste behind glass. Which, ironically enough, I don't know if a lot of people actually steal toothpaste, but nevertheless, they're putting. I know a couple locations where it's Walgreens; they put every product is behind locked glass everything though you probably leave the bibles out i it'd be that perhaps be the most ironic thing for someone to steal a grant i don't think anyone has actually stolen a bible if now that i think about it you could probably leave oh actually books in general if probably leave those out but nevertheless I'll do one or two more comments here and i'm trying to see if there's any because again i want to be i want to look at most sides of the issues and i'm reading the top comments and thus far there's no contrarian statements yes so there's no one agreeing with this individual um for the folks being interviewed as well as a statement from the he- former head of the naacp now this comes from planet of memes where i want to say epic fail for marketing but they did not reply in meme form but they did in fact type their response out so let's say this alleged planet of memes says quote how about the leaders of the black communities start taking some responsibility for the actions of those who caused all the havoc you can't blame these companies for pulling out Unquote. They got 1.8 thousand likes. Now, it's one of those instances where as much, and I believe is a big mindset. And, again, this isn't exclusive to the NAACP uh, the community. In this case, it's getting a lot of attention, I think, partially because of the former head speaking out. But, it's one of those things where anyone who's dependent on the government, if you've had government benefits from day one, no matter what your race is, you're going to have an entitlement mentality, I believe, and you're just going to have the expectation that good things just come to you in life. And, is mo- it more ve- morally vacuous, and you see the government actually incentivizing that mindset with giving them more free things. And all they ask is your unimbidden loyalty by voting for them, which I think most people would say is bribery, but that's not brought up enough, unfortunately. Now, as Kazar says, quote Hey, NAACP, looting has consequences, voting in weak politicians has its consequences. Billions being stolen from stores, and nothing is done to stop these thieves. You want your stores and communities stop the crime. Unquote. They got 2.4 thousand likes, which again is also an issue of who you vote for because a lot of these district attorneys, they just don't prosecute crime. They literally let them walk away and get away with pretty much anything. We even seen instances where you had two mentally morally vacuous people burn a Wendy's franchise and they're fined like 200 dollars a piece. It's a community service for destroying a building. And especially, it's even more disgusting when you figure most of these fast food franchises are family owned, they're small businesses. It's not actually owned by the big parent company. Now, we'll do one or two more quotes here. Someone by the name of Western Lensman says, quote, I guess he has a quote within a quote. So he says, quote, please run a charity organization despite our city doing everything in its power to drive you out of business and endanger your employees, unquote, unquote. They got 3.4 thousand likes. The Appalachian podcast is, quote, why are they addressing the stores and not the community? Shouldn't the people do what's right for the communities, unquote? That got 3.6 thousand likes. X, Von, X, X, I, G, I I believe it looks to be like an Asian American. I would guess it's a, a and again, I'm terrible with pronunciations. If you correct me in the comment section, I appreciate the feedback and I'll work on it. Uh, so I guess this is a G van Fleet And G says, quote, Where is NAACP when stores are looted by thugs? Unquote. They got four point seven thousand likes. Now American Free Thinker, they actually posted the video of the they actually is a video capture was it the 1930s? It was a long time ago, but it's the video of Harlem where you see everyone walking around. The streets are clean. It's astonishing. Men are suited up as every man should by default it is i mean it is astonishing how far society has fallen and that did get 486 likes so again i think a lot of people equate this to race i think it's overwhelmingly much more about local communities culture incentivization structures from the government and again all the mechanisms by the government are set in place to incentivize this these actions of being getting freebies from the government I I don't see that ending anytime soon because of the incentive structure because they will continue to vote for them because if you're getting incentives from the government, you just vote to keep getting more and more of them. So who are you gonna vote for? The guy who wants you to actually accept responsibility and work or the other side that will expect you to just get free stuff perpetually. It's, It's one of those things where I don't see that shifting anytime soon. Perhaps we will have a cultural shift in the United States where it is fascinating. I mean, if you were to say anything about immigration, people would lambast you and bombastically deplore you or try to insult you by calling you Republican. You're seeing some Democrat city leaders, including Eric Adams, the mayor of New York, they're actually starting to bring up the fact that, hey, they're overwhelmed with immigration or illegal immigration specifically. And that's one of the biggest issues about illegal, illegal, illegal immigration. There are a myriad of things, but it's also resource allocation. The cities don't have the resources to appropriately handle them and help them. And in addition to morally breaking the laws, there's a lot of issues, obviously, many variables. And I was gonna say, not point of contention, but pop, pop, unpopular belief or contrary to popular belief, I actually, or not me, my family actually flew here from Cuba, It's one of the last planes out, so we did not in fact swim and we came here illegally, but fun fact of the day, it'll be interesting to see if there's a cultural shift where people start to accept responsibility or start to see these issues where, again, it's not sustainable. And these businesses are leaving again for fiscal reasons and safety reasons. And they're not gonna come back. I can't see them coming back anytime soon. Especially when you look at the size scale of these buildings. It's not like it's a small, you know, pop-up pop-up tent. These stores are millions upon millions of dollars in investments. I mean, not just to design the store, but the material costs, the construction costs, the maintenance costs, and you got internet, electric, uh, up- there's a lot of things that go to these stores. And you have they hire employees who usually more often than that work locally, and that's another huge expense as well. So it is a huge gamble to set up a new store. And if you see historically this location has failed, similar to you see this like a lot of people call it the kiss of death with restaurants. If you see a restaurant in the same exact location in every six every six to twelve months it's a different restaurant name, but that just keeps going out of business, I mean it almost becomes an area where business will strategically avoid because of the historicals on it. So, let me know in the comments what do you think it would take to have a cultural shift so that there are, is actually a decrease in theft, so that these businesses may have an incentive to come back. Then, do you think they ever will come back? As always, be fascinated here. what you have to say. Now, uh, going over to the cultural, or rather the political part of the podcast, you have Vivek Ramaswamy roasting Kamala Harris because she is somehow in charge of AI, and it gets 1 million views in two hours. Or as Ethan might say, it went extremely viral on X twitter Now, this is specifically from Vivek Ramaswamy's personal X twitter account, and he specifically said, quote, Kamala is in charge of AI policy right now. In a debate, I'd, I'd challenge her to see if she could spell AI. I bet the same blank stare I'd get from Nikki when I asked her to name three provinces in eastern Ukraine, unquote. Again, after a couple days later, specifically, I wrote down so first two hours and then 24 hours, I looked again. It got 4.4 million views and 78,000 likes, which is astronomically successful. And I suspect we're going to see, politically speaking, the would in politics, and he's already helping Trump. In terms of if he officially endorsed him, you see him speaking with Trump on campaign rallies. Now that people don't see him as a competitor to Trump, I think a lot of Trump fans are going to embrace and support Vivek because, again, not only was he overwhelmingly kind to Trump in the primaries, he didn't say anything too negative about Trump, but not only that, he's actually consistently giving him compliments and now he's actually helping him to get the Republican nominee. So now instead of the people who like Trump but they saw Vivek as a threat, now more than ever they're going to see him as an asset so i think if you're anything the like ratio from vivek's tweets and social media posts you're going to see that just increase exponentially and then when it comes to the ai the idea that kamal harris is in charge of that is the most hilarious thing i've heard all year like granted it's only a couple weeks into the new year but just watch one interview with her and i you can't help but notice she is perhaps one of the most mentally vacuous people in history who Truth be told, slept her way to the top if you just look at her history. It's astonishingly it's astonishing how, how it's almost beyond words trying to comprehend how far she's gotten in life for how little results she's achieved. Again, she was also in charge of the border. Yeah, exactly. And it's one of those things where, fascinatingly enough, and in terms of political observance, it's always awesome. You know, fascinating to look at Facebook groups on both all sides of political aisle. There are people who legitimately like Biden. There are people who like Trump. You just go to the Facebook groups. There are millions, actually hundreds, of them. well, some, depending on how you count the votes or count. There are many, millions of people who like both those guys. I've never met a single person who likes to support Kamala Harris. I, Again, let me feel the counts. Have you ever met anyone? It's a fascinating thing where maybe, just like Nikki Haley, I have met people who like, I have people, again, I've met people who like Biden, who like Obama, who like Trump, who like Bush. I've never met a single person who's even said anything or given accolades or said anything nice about Kamala Harris. I met people who are legitimately like Hillary Clinton, and for the record I should say, I appreciate my life and would never end it prematurely. Just put that out there. But for Kamala Harris, I again I can't fathom what has she done. But <coughs> excuse me. But nevertheless, let's go to the comments and see. Am I alone in this assessment? Or are there some overwhelming majority of people who agree with me? dive in. The first response comes from Charlie Kirk, and he says, quote, She'd show you a Venn diagram with AI, diversity, and trans, and then she'd explain why overlapping section will save democracy. She learned it while riding the a yellow school bus, unquote. That got 1.8 thousand likes. Which, again, I, I... Kamala Harris is a mental phenomenon, like, so bizarre. She talks about Venn diagrams a lot. She prof- proclaims that she loves Venn diagrams, which... I've never I, I mean I I just I've never met that anyone like that. Have you? Like who's passionate about Venn diagrams? And she said that multiple times that she had that awkward she's like she makes Pierre Griffin look articulate in terms of her speeches that she allegedly prepares for. It's the most awkward num, awkward way of forming sentences I've ever heard. And that's coming from me. And if you are first time tuning in, Spoiler, I have many speaking ineptitudes. I usually will speak too fast. I'll sometimes mumble my words. I will trip over them sometimes. I'll just not pronounce something properly or I'll I'll repeat a word. But even I, in comparison, look like, she makes me look like a phenomenal public speaker. And again, I'm not a doctor, but if you click the subscribe button, it may very help very well, may, may, I was gonna say having a Kamala moment here, maybe. It may very well assist with my speaking ineptitudes. If you watch the first couple of episodes, a lot of, lot of mess-ups, especially when it comes to my speaking ability, or lack thereof. But the more subscribers we've gained, the better I've been able to speak, and I don't think that's a coincidence. So if you click that button right now, i greatly appreciate it. Now, going back to the comments and my attempt at speaking. Going down here. ZNO says, quote, would be amazing to watch. And he has the picture of Vivek holding up the Little notepad. Instead of saying Nikki Haley equals evil, he's photoshopped to say spell AI, and I got 917 likes. Let's see here. here. There's a lot. So here's let's see, a little video of Vivek. Looks like he turn all that loud sound really quick. It looks like he's speaking and hugging Donald Trump at a rally, and the the crowd is yelling VP VP. And Trump says, quote, he'll be working with us for a long time. They get 780 likes. Let's see here. Robbie Starbuck says, quote, AI are two letters of the alphabet. I know the alphabet. And then she'd proceed to say her ABCs, but mess them up, unquote. They got 238 likes. Pastor Sean coin rather, says, quote, oh, please let there be a Vivek Harris debate, please, unquote, gain 535 likes. Joey Maniario says, quote, Kamala Harris has the IQ of a squid, unquote, getting 481 likes. Which, incidentally enough, that'd be fascinating to see. What, I don't know, are squids clever? They have brains. He, I don't want to say he failed that pun or that observation, but if you're looking at sea creatures, perhaps a more apt metaphor would be a jellyfish because they don't have brains. But nevertheless, Joe Sepula? Chimed in and says, quote, Kamala Harris shouldn't be in charge of a toaster, let alone AI or the border. She's a low IQ diversity hire. Kamala is the epitome of why it's a bad idea to choose identity over ability, unquote. That got 366 likes. And is a reference to Biden, when he was first announcing his attempt to run for president or his presidential campaign a couple years ago, he specifically said he was going to choose a VP based on race and gender. So instead of saying he's going to pick the most qualified person, he specifically said he announced, "I was I will be choosing a black woman." Now a lot of people debate that as well in terms of Kamala Harris is her family's, I believe, from Jamaica and India. But debates af- aside, a lot of one of the reasons people also critique Kamala Harris is because of Joe Biden's statement in that regard, and also, I mean, just the lack of achievements throughout her life. But nevertheless. Uh, Ashley St. Clair chimed in saying, quote, and Joe Biden will interject, quote, I got two words for you, made in America, unquote, getting 935 likes. Maybe I'll attempt that. I'll, I'll attempt that voice. Made in America, man. Made in America. Yeah. Perhaps the worst impression you've heard all week, but nevertheless, hopefully at least it made you smile. Hopefully. Let's see here. Do 102 more. Let's see. Malcolm Flex says, quote, dear God, this is a violation of open-handed. I'm quoting 244 likes. Three-year letter, three letterman says, quote, AI stands for alternative intelligence, and I guarantee you she could guess all day and never get it right or understand it since I own multiple Echo Dots, unquote. I got 236 likes. She also has her signature cackle which most people would probably say for worse in terms of marketing. Let's see. Go Vivek Go said quote this alone would make Vivek as a VP pick worth it unquote getting 98 likes. So looks like again I'm trying to find any contrarian statements and I so far haven't which usually who is he? I should have his name memorized by now. He's in pretty much every political tweet. Luke oh, He loses me at the moment, but it's Luke Z. His last name starts with a Z, but he's much more politically in the left, and usually he's chiming in. Interestingly enough, I don't see them here. And again, maybe that's because Vec officially stopped his campaign, so maybe that's why there's less contrarian statements these days, but... Uh, I mean, an overwhelming majority of the response is... Are either lambasting Kamal Harris for ineptitudes, or giving accolades to Vivek, saying that he should be the VP. So it'll be interesting to see. Again, does Vivek keep up the, his momentum? Because he's thing, as the youth might say, extremely viral. And what's his end goal? Or what do you think? What do you think is his end goal? Is it to get that VP position? Is it to get a cabinet position? I mean, his whole campaign, he said he didn't want second place, and Trump and Vivek both have very dominant personalities. They're both, I think they both are very much the leadership mindset. So, again, it'll be interesting to see at the end of the day where does he land politically speaking? But let me know. I'll be fascinated to hear what you have to say. Now, going over to the business blunder of the day, you have Solo Stove, Snoop Dogg commercial so bad it backfires, and the CEO ends up losing his job. Now, this comes to us thanks to Now News from Morgan Dwell. They note that Solo's or Solo Stove CEO job goes up with smoke after viral stoop dog campaign backfire. Which, again, this is one of those things where the company's been in a little trouble for a while. They sell a glorified stove for, I think it's like a $1,000. Which, again, you can get an oil drum for, like, nothing, basically. But nevertheless, it's a luxury product, or it's a fancy... In terms of the engineering and the, the design, it looks pretty good. Basically, think Apple, but Fire Pit. So, big metal, basically half a tank. Big metal glorified basket. And they paid Snoop Dogg. I think they're, I'm pretty sure they're still privately. It's it's not the biggest company, but I think they are still private. Uh, Let me see here. Let me ask you the, uh, let's see here. The Solo Stove, Digital Campaign, 2011, Kickstarter. In public in 2021 as solo brands. Really? Okay. Let's see here. Solo brands stock. Oh, that's not great. Oh, that's not great. That's worse. Yeah, so uh, yeah, definitely not surprised with the result. So, quick history of their stock. Looks like, in terms of the max stock they IPO'd in 2021 at $18.36 per share, their stock is down. 83.5% all-time. The past, again, let me see here, 2021. Was it 2000? Yeah, 2021. So the five-year trend, which again, is not the whole five, hasn't been that long, but five-year trend on the stock ticker is negative 83.5%. In the past years, negative 26.1%. Year to date, again, it's only a couple weeks, is down 49.25%. Which, I know public schools are all-time low for pretty much everything, Maybe we say the te- but yet yeah, the teachers unions, they, they want more money, fascinatingly enough. So we will add some more value than some public schools in the United States, sad as it might sound. It's actually true. But if that means the stock is down 49.25%, that means it's lost about half of their value. We've now concluded our lesson in mathematics today, which is more accurate than some of the teachers these days, though we know they're also pushing other ideologies as well. And the six-month trend is down negative forty-three point nine nine percent. Past month is negative forty-four percent. Five-day trend is down twelve point nine three percent. And let's see their sales. September two thousand twenty-three. Their revenue was one hundred and ten point three two million. Net income was four point one three million. Nah, let's see here. And again, they were, looks like they're they're in the pit for a while, so to say. Now, again, they paid Snoop Dogg. I was, hopefully, we'll see the actual dollar amount in the, in the near future. But Snoop Dogg ain't cheap. And for some products, I guess it makes sense for him. I, there's a cultural fascination with Snoop Dogg where I believe his main brand, Why He's So Famous, is has had a lifetime of being just inebriated by smoking the devil's lettuce, as some might call it, and rapping every once in a while and doing commercials for Big. And for some products it makes sense i guess like when you have bic where you sell lighters lighters are used to light mostly tobacco and non-tobacco related products to have someone whose whole brand is to just get high all day you would i suppose he doesn't need some type of lighter why not have it be some french lighter so i guess that makes sense and in that case i would guess it would boost sales since people who need lighters not all the time but many times would be associated with snoop dog and his activities So in that way, that makes more sense. In terms of a luxury fire pit, though, just on its face, it sounds like a bad idea because think of fire pits. They're going to be used for what? Family activities, camping, outings, sitting around roasting marshmallows. You're not necessarily forcing yourself to become inebriated by tolerating, I suppose some people enjoy it, illegal substances. And again, I would say, I would actually argue the fire pit's more, again, family-oriented, friends, public gatherings, and I would suppose you only need one or two at Burning Man. Now, again, this is also a very much a luxury product. Big lighters are, what, under a dollar per unit or something like that? It's easy to move those products because the barrier to buying it is very little. Consumers don't really need to think, can I justify this lighter? It's a disposable product. Well, it's not intended to be refilled. I'm I'm sure you could, but... Actually, no, single-use design. Ne- nevertheless, this is a product where it's, I believe, over $1,000 for these things. Let me pull it up really quick in terms of the price points for this magical stove. Let's see here. Solos. Let's see here. The Solo Stove, official website. And, again, it's not even a stove that you can put in the kitchen. Nevertheless, this alleged Solo Stove. It looks like they have many, many options. So this looks, oh, geez, Louise. You go to their website, oh, 10% off. Woo. Ooh. It barely gets rid of the government stealing from you at 8.25% sales tax in my state. Now, they have many models, which are moderately, eh. At least they did give them kind of interesting names. They call them the Bonfire, the Yukon, the Canyon, the Ranger. All right. And it looks like they, I'm trying to see if you, they got some stands you can buy. All right, so I thought it was $1,000. Still not a bargain. It looks like they, the smallest one starts at $279.99. Actually, what if I just sort by dollar amount? The Canyon 2.0 is $599.99. Jesus, Louise. So, looks like they have... Their website's... It's not great. It's complicated. They have a lot of products. to expand the categories, which... I guess, very much like any coolers, they start off as an individual tumbler. Or no, actually, actually, they start off as a luxury cooler company, but then they started expanding more and more. Now they even have, like, dog bowls and baggages. So it makes sense to expand your brand, because loyal consumers will buy, want to buy more and more, but, let's see. Backyard Fire Pit. I just want to find their signature thing and sort it by... Jeez Louise, what the heck is this? They have a Wedge Square... This is the most boring name I've ever heard of. Is this a government job? Okay, the one of the most expensive things they have, before we get back to the article, from Solo Stove is the Wedge... Again, where's the inspiration here? It's called Wedge Square Bioethanol Fire Pit. Which, I guess it does describe it to a, a dot. But the other ones have cool names, like Ranger, Canyon. They're named after, I'd actually argue those are more effective because you are named after camping places, which is, but this looks like more of a home product. That's $1,099.99. Now, I guess they do give you a coupon, but remember, you have to ship this heavy behemoth of a product as well as pay a sales tax on it. And yeah, that looks like the most expensive product. That looks like, and they're very much large. These, so it's, I guess you could argue it's moderately portable for the traditional what they call the Bonfire 2.0, the Yukon 2.0. No, the Bonfire 2.0 has the most reviews. That's two forty nine ninety nine. Jeez Louise. Which, again, that's so that you get to these price points and it's no longer an impulse buy and again going back to the lighter metaphor where that i think that is a profitable endeavor to pay snoop dog whatever they pay him for him to have be a brand ambassador for that product makes sense he uses it probably every minute of the day and it's something that's disposable it's a dollar these are these are hundreds and even two thousand dollars this is something we have to put into the family budget you have to really think about it and again i don't see the same people who enjoy camping and being cognitive, being a big fan of Snoop Dogg. I know he has lots of fans. He's one of the most successful rappers and entrepreneurs out there in that regard, and his net worth is probably a couple millions of dollars. Now, going back to this article, they say that the ad which included rapper posting a vague message on his Instagram to tell followers he's given up smoke. Oh yeah, that was a a terribly hilarious one. Because of course, he would never give up his main brand identity, which is being inebriated by smoking. So, Of course he would never give up smoke but they're saying it's a smokeless fire pit. So it went viral in November they oh, exa- hey I'm not alone in this assessment. So they say quote the ad which included the rapper posting a vague message on Instagram to tell his followers he's given up smoke went viral in November, leaving fans scratching their heads, wondering if he's wondering whether the weed icon was actually going to quit ca- smoking cannabis. Unfortunately, stunt bring the stunt didn't bring in the money so the brands is hoping for resulting in the ouster of the company's CEO, president and brand and director of the board John Maris. They continue to say, quote, Solo Brands has had to adjust its financial expectations for the fiscal year 2023, predicting lower revenue. The company's interim CFO, Andrea Tarbox, said in a press release, quote, While our unique marketing campaign raised some brand awareness of the Solo Stove to an expanded and new audience of consumers, it did not lead to the sales lift we had planned, unquote. Now, it looks like the former Vista Outdoor CEO, Christopher Metz, has announced as Solo Brands' new president CEO, and will be taking place actually took place a couple days ago, January fifteenth. So again, there's a huge delta between brand awareness and actual sales. Which again, brand awareness does help over the long term, I believe. But in this case, they chose someone who. I mean, it, this has nothing to do with the actual product, really. If you really want to find a good brand ambassador, I mean, there are plenty of YouTube stars who are camping enthusiasts, hunting enthusiasts, people who actually would use this product, and. I don't think Snoop Dogg would ever use this product. It is so bizarre. And again, long term, the company has been losing money. I think this was kind of the final nail in the coffin for the leadership team. Because again, Snoop Dogg is not cheap. He probably cost, I really wish they told us the fiscal amount or the impact, but he was a pretty penny. Oh, actually, to clarify, a vintage pretty penny since modern currency in the US for pennies are, it's a 99.99, I think it's three nines by now. 99.999% zinc and it's just copper plated, whereas vintage U.S. currency is actually made out of know, precious metals and worth something. But regardless, this is one of those instances where they took a risk. I mean, sometimes marketing campaign can knock it out of the park. Look at Stanley, those little cups going viral helped them immensely. And sometimes a brand ambassador or a marketing campaign can, not just save a company, can push to the stratosphere. But in this case, they chose someone who basically had nothing to do with Solo, or in this case, actually, yeah, the Solo stove. So again, their sales didn't go up, and it is, certainly is the business wonder of the day. Thank you everyone for taking the time to tune in today. Again, I'm trying to get to 4,000 subscribers by the end of January, so if you click that button, I'd greatly appreciate it. Also, leave a comment and a thumbs up or thumbs down appropriately will give me some additional feedback on how I can make the show better and better. Also, and lastly, don't forget to take time to tell your family, tell your friends, tell your coworkers, heck, tell your enemies, tell anyone and everyone, just stay safe and fight the good fight.